from high atop the world headquarters of Southeastern Fly, this is the Southeastern Fly podcast. Subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. If you find value in the podcast and want to give back, simply go to the Southeastern Fly website, click on the store, and then make a purchase of a hat or a shirt, and you get a free decal too. So that helps us out, helps us get this thing, keep this thing rolling. It seems to be rolling along pretty good. We're up to uh, 68, I think, episodes now. So thanks to everybody that listens. All right, so let's let's get ready here and get rolling here. I'm going to call this one uh, five tips for uh, better fly fishing results. And where this one came from is we just got off the plane yesterday from yesterday evening from Colorado. And I did some, when you're on a plane, you just have some opportunities to think about things. And I thought back, we took a little trip up to 11 mile uh, while we were in Colorado Springs. Went to 11 Mile State Park, and then we went to 11 Mile Canyon and went up and did some fishing up at between Fair Play and Alma with, with some really good folks there. And so as we were as we were going up through the canyon the day before yesterday, and please excuse me, I got a little bit of a nose, a running nose from being out there with all the dust. But as we're going through the canyon, uh, I was just watching. There was a bunch. There were a bunch of people up there fly fishing, and I was kind of just. Uh, I was with a family. We were just kind of riding up through there, and I was just looking for a place to wet a line for about ten minutes, just to say, "All right, let's." I just want to get out and see if I can catch a fish on a hopper. And, and it's uh, October, and I had one hard look at it that came up, and then refused it, and then we had to get going because we had some place we had to be, but. As I was going up through there, I was watching some of the people fish, and that made me think back to some of the things that uh, probably I try to help people with to become a better angler uh, when they're in the boat or on our coaching calls or you know, even casting lessons when we do those on site. Uh, really, that's that's my focus. How am I going to help you be a better angler? And it that works for brand new people, for people who've been around a while, from tenured people to folks that are uh, more seasoned both in age and in angling uh, that maybe they've been maybe they they've been fly fishing their entire life and they're they're up in age a little bit they everybody can learn a little bit I can learn a little bit from everybody as well but uh, as we were fishing up in fair play you know, near fair play we weren't in fair play but we were near there uh, we walked in the water about the third cast and I was fishing with a hopper there too just because that's what was there on uh, already tied on the line but so I guess second, third cast, something like that. I, I cast into this little, I mean, the water's low out there right now, but it was just a little indention above the bank. It, it's cut bank when the water's up, but when the water's down, it's just a little indention because there's no cut in there. Uh, it was past the cut part of it, but cast in there uh, and it stunned me the size of brown that came out of there. Not that it was so big, but just that the water was so small. Brown was probably about a 13-inch fish, so it wasn't huge. But in that water, it was pretty big. It was it was surprising, to say the least. But Im- immediately, right away after I caught that and, and, uh, and admired it for a while and put it back, I started looking for that type of water again. I started skipping some water that may have been productive with the water up a little bit, but... Once I found the pattern that they were in, so they were in a couple different places, 
uh, they were in some of the shallow riffles, but man, not not quite enough to really focus on. And they were more toward the back of the riffles than they were in the shallow riffles. But riffles, but started looking for the pattern of that that little bit of an indention. You know, it didn't matter where it was in the in the bottom of the river. It was just that little bit of indention there. Maybe maybe it was a foot deep, so they were there. And then we were starting to see them in the backs of pools a little bit. And as you walked up the up the river, you, I started to notice that there were, were some in the back of, the, of almost every pool, but the real fish that were really eating were in the middle of the pool. There were a lot of fish at the head of the pool that weren't eating. Uh, I don't know what they were doing up there. They were they were kind of it was like they were sulking, uh, but they weren't because we we were the we were probably the only ones that have been there in weeks. But but I started noticing that that the ones were in, that were eating were in the middle of almost every pool that we came to. They were in the middle, not not in the front eating, not at the back eating. Although they were there, they were just in the middle of the pools eating, where there was still a little bit of water coming through, so they still had a little bit of cover. And it was a little bit deeper, so they would have uh, a, a place to go to if, if trouble came. Obviously, some oxygen in there. Uh, but anyway, and food. So that was the water that we started focusing on. Uh, and we started, our catch rate went up a little bit. It was a, a very easy day. No, Neither of us were in a hurry. I was with my son-in-law. Neither of us was in a hurry. Uh, we were just, we would catch a fish, and then it was the other person's turn to fish. And then they would catch a fish to do it. He would catch a fish. It's my turn, you know, and we just swapped back and forth as we made our way up this river and really started focusing on two particular types of water. Now, don't start focusing on those types of water just because I was out in Colorado and that's where they were. Focus on where you know there's going to be production. So start looking for those types of water where you know there's going to be production. And what I mean by that is any particular day, those fish could be anywhere. So focus in on the types of water that they're in for that day. If you catch one in the middle of a pool, I'd make sure to hit the middle of the pool hard until you get uh, some type of change or some type of uh, of indication that the pattern is different. But if you can get into the into the routine of I caught I caught fish in this particular type of water, so I'm going to make sure that I hit it all the way up the river, uh, whether you're floating downstream or walking upstream. Uh, so. Look for the for the patterns in the water types uh, where you catch fish on any given day. And if you fish catch a fish there, go ahead and start trying to hit those a little harder. But don't don't give up on the rest of them because we found that, like I said, they were in the little indention when we first walked in. Then we found them in the pools, and then we zeroed in on the middle of the pools for this particular day, which was a little unusual, I think. For me, it is anyway. Somebody out there probably say, eh, I caught them there all the time, which is fine. But uh, that that was one of the things that we found. So uh, a, a really good day. After that day, that was really the only thing that I saw, I think. Well, there's one more thing, but I, and I'll get to that. But the day before yesterday, we were, like I said, going up through 11-mile uh, canyon and a lot of people fishing. And I saw one particular person set the hook, and uh, there wasn't a fish on it. Uh, I don't know if the indicator went under or maybe he had something or she, can't remember which one it was, had come up and maybe a fish came up and looked at their hop or dry or whatever they were fishing. I, I really couldn't see that piece. I saw them clearly set the hook. Now, what they didn't do is follow through with that hook set. And what I mean by that is when they came up, it's like they lifted the rod tip to look and see if the fish was on. And when they lifted the rod tip and stopped, their rod went down a little bit. 
So the line did come up and it kind of, you know how it does, but if you pick it up real fast and you don't bring it over your head and stop it uh, at the, let's just say up by your ear or by the two o'clock position, wherever you stop it. If you'd bring it up and stop before that, you know, the line starts accelerating out of the water, but then it it loses all the tension it lo- loses all its momentum. And then it just kind of falls on top of the rod. Uh, and that's what happened to this person. So I was like, oh, wow, should have followed through with your hook set a little more. And you could have just pushed it right back and got it right back in the water. So this particular person had had a hit, had a bite, whatever happened, happened. They went to set the hook. They set on it right away but then they stopped the rod to look and see or maybe they knew it was missed but that line fell on the on the tips of the tip of the rod out toward the i guess it would be the fourth piece was four piece rod the the tip section it fell there and then as as we went by i watched them you know start doing the whole untangling all that but if they would have followed through and stopped up at the top you know where you normally stop on a back cast they could have put it right back in there that does two things one I like to say if you set the hook and there's nothing on it, then you got to put it right back in there anyway. And sometimes there's a fish still looking for that fly. A lot of times the fish will take off. They'll sprint off into into cover to get away. But sometimes they'll still be looking around for that fly. And if you can get it right back in there, uh, you can catch that fish. So you miss that opportunity. That's a missed opportunity. You won't get a chance at that fish again if you're having to lower the rod tip and un- untangle it off of your off of the rod tip, the line off the rod tip. So... That's one thing. That's the main thing. But if you set the hook and you follow through, if there's a fish on it, then you've set the hook. You've got a good presentation. If it's super small fish, you might, you know, accelerate it out of the water and do a whole, you know, land behind you and all that. But most of the fish in this particular, in that river up there are, you know, big enough to keep the, keep the, the line in the water. And so I, I watched that. So they missed that opportunity and they were trying to untangle the line. If they just would have basically come back and cast that thing again, like they would the normal way, they could have dropped it right back in the water and had a possibility of catching that fish. So I don't know if that, that one made sense. I've seen it in my mind because I saw it in real life uh day before yesterday, but uh, follow through with your hook set. And if there's nothing on it, then you had to recast anyway, you can get it right back in there and hopefully you can catch that fish. This I did see. I see this quite a bit, and I don't know exactly how to explain it, but when you have a fish on and you're trying to strip the fish in, I'm not talking about one that gets you on the reel right away because that's a whole other whole other situation, but you catch a lot more fish, it seems like, that you have to strip in than, than the ones that take the line out uh, and you have to reel in. So we're talking about, let's just call them smaller fish for, for whatever, uh, just for this for this conversation, but... I see people set the hook. They do one of two things. One, they let go of their finger uh, that's on the line, that's on their dominant hand, and just let the and then start reaching for it with their non-dominant hand. Uh, so they don't have control. I see that, and I see them keep the index finger on their dominant hand, keep that line pinched to the rod, but they reach above that dominant hand up toward the first eye. And grab it, grab the line, and they start pulling down, at which time they release that line underneath their dominant hand index finger, and then they start hunting. And what I mean by that is they start trying to get that line back under that dominant hand index finger so that they can reach up there again toward the toward the first eye of the rod, grab that line, and do it all over again. And some people are pretty good at it, but if you just remember, 
strip that line in below the index finger on your dominant hand, you'll always have control of that fish. Uh, now, sometimes you'll have to strip faster than others. I get that. Uh, and sometimes you'll have to let up a little bit if it's a big enough fish and it wants to run, it wants to get either more line out before it tires or more line out to get on the reel. But if you keep that index finger trap, uh, keep that line trapped with your index finger and strip uh, strip in that fish below that dominant hand with your, I'm right-handed, so let's just use that. I've got the line under my dominant hand, which is my right-hand index finger. I reach down below my right hand with my left hand. I search out that line down there. Still got it. Still got that line trapped under the under the uh, index finger against the cork. I find the stripping the line, the main line, and I strip in that fish with that. At which time I just kind of ease up on that index finger. So keep that in mind. You can't practice this anywhere else but when you're on the water fishing. But if you'll do that, you'll have better control of the fish uh, at the whole time. Since we're on the subject of fighting fish now and stripping and that sort of thing, I see some folks that fight the fish with the rod tip almost touching the water. And 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 you see this in salt water a lot, you know, trying to keep pressure on the on the line so that if a tarpon jumps and all that. But talking not specifically trout, but generally speaking about trout, try to fight that fish with the rod tip up. I wouldn't have it any more than any more down than horizontal, you know, always horizontal side to side, left to right. Always try to keep that rod in that, in there somewhere. Try not to go down below where the, where the rod tip is less than horizontal to where you're standing. So try to do that. Also, as the fish turns left, let's say the fish runs to the left, you want to follow and keep some pressure kind of to the right. So that keeps that, that hook embedded in the, in the mouth a little better that way try to stay in front of the fish i like to tell people stay in front of that fish right there because it's it's headed right and what i mean by that is try to go a little left as that fish is going right uh and that'll that'll help you keep tension on the line you won't have that point in there where maybe you're doing something and you lose lose contact with the fish in the in the rod lets the line go go limp and then the fish spits the hook so a lot again a lot of fast stripping a lot of times have to stay on top of it. But if you'll keep that rod tip up a little bit more, uh, I think you'll have better results then. Cause I, I did the, uh, last week before we left, I did fish with somebody. They did take that rod tip and dip it down almost in the water, not quite in the water, but all I mean, it was within six inches and they, they, they caught some fish. So don't get me wrong. Uh, it does, it, you can do it that way, but they lost more than they caught. And once we corrected that, their catch rate went way up. They didn't catch a hundred percent of the fish, but they caught, they caught quite a few. And, and both of us at the end of the day said, you know what, that's better than what, what he was doing earlier in the day. So keep that rod tip up, kind of keep in front of the fish. If fish goes left, you want to kind of go right, keep a little tension and you'll just have to, you just have to catch enough fish to know how much tension to put on them. That's just, that's, that's kind of simple there. That's about the, the easiest way I can say that. One of the other things that, uh, and then I, I thought of this, I guess I thought of this when we were up uh, near Fair Play Fishing was, uh, it's really, uh, I don't get to fish as much as I used to at all. I mean, it's just, and I don't mind sitting in the seat and watching others and, and helping them catch fish. I don't mind that at all, but I don't get to fish as much as I want, uh, I used to. Sometimes as much as I want to, but 
one thing that I had noticed I was doing was like just throw, throw we were fishing, like I said, terrestrials, hoppers, whatever. I was just throwing throwing it out there and uh, you know, lots of line white laying on the water and not really paying attention because there's a lot of mountains around. I was looking at them, looking for elk, looking at looking for moose. I, I was really doing everything. If I'm honest, I was doing everything but fishing. And I don't want to get too far into the back end on this one, but it when you're pract whenever you're whenever you're fishing. The only time that you can practice your presentation is when you when you're fishing, and I can't stress that enough that you can't practice presentation in the yard, you can't practice presentation behind the vice, you can't watch videos and practice. You have to be on the water presenting a fly to practice your presentation. And wh whenever I finally figured out that hey, I'm not I'm not presenting the fly the way it should, uh, I tightened up a little bit little less line, a little higher stick up the, the rod tip, a little higher in the air, did a few things to correct that. And then I just practiced. I, I, I literally said, all right, I'm just going to practice just for a minute and, and get that fly floating the way it should. I ended up with just like I used to do in the Smokies, no line on the water, no fly line, no tippet, no leader, no nothing. The only thing that was on that on the water was the fly. And I practiced trying to make it move the same speed as whatever else was around it, just like I've always said. And I miss miss far fewer fish that way. We had we had we had shots at, at several good fish. Uh, and early on, I was I missed some, and you know you know how that is. That's just part of it's just being somewhere new. The water was a little faster than probably than I'm accustomed to. It, it was on a higher gradient. But once I started just saying, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to see how long of a drift I can get standing here and just letting the fly float on the water with, you know, uninterrupted, no, no tension, no nothing. You know, I, I'm just, I've got a loop tied on this hopper and nothing else is touching the water. There's no drag on it. If you can get in your mind that that's whatever that looks like for your water. So that particular piece of water, that's what a good presentation looked like. It it involved it stretching and reaching and, you know, toward the end, I would flip some line out and still try to keep that good presentation going with a little bit of tippet and later laying on the water. But it really was a practice and presentation. Uh, and I couldn't do that anywhere else. Couldn't do it on the plane. Couldn't do it on the drive up there. Had to get on the water. Had to figure out what it was I was wanting to fish. In this case, it was a terrestrial. Uh, so then I had to focus on, all right, let me just practice my presentation for a while. And that carried on for me through the rest of the rest of the day as we moved moved upstream, worked our way up the river. I just kept kind of playing the same game of, hey, keep practicing this presentation. It's working, you know, trying to get the same speed, trying, trying to get a, I call it, get a good float. Because that's what they they usually eat is something that's floating just right. Even if I was fishing under an indicator, I would still try to kind of do the same thing. Uh, and, and in some waters, I could lay some fly line on the on the water, and and uh, you know, and and that was helpful. But overall, I, I just started practicing my presentation as I like to call. It. I don't know what else to call it because that's really all I was doing and catching fish and having a good time. Ended up uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the uh, at the end of fishing, had a beer right there on the river, looking at 14ers. Just, I mean, what, what could be better than that, you know? So really good. So I just wanted to, to throw that out there is, is sometimes when you're not having a lot of luck, sometimes it's just maybe your presentation's off just a tad. You know, maybe it's not the fly. 
maybe you've run through your gamut of flies and and you know there's fish there, but they're not eating. Start focus on that practice. All right, I'm just going to practice my presentation because what else are you going to do? You know, go go home. That's that. You know, if you've got a if you if you made a plan to go fishing that day, and you want to stay there as long as you can, it's another little way to see if you can catch some fish. Lengthen that leader up and practice the presentation if you're fishing a net. Lengthen the leader up and practice your presentation if you're fishing a hopper. Maybe shorten it up and practice that presentation with the streamer. But try to try to remember that this is the only time I get to do this. I only get to practice this at this particular time. Whenever I, I can figure out, I can find out what the results are if I change these things. So don't want to harp on that too much. But that really worked for me, so I thought I'd just bring it to you. So there's five tips. I think I've run through five tips here. So look for patterns in the water types. That was the first tip that I gave you. Follow through with that hook set. Uh, so that you, A, you set the hook and you bring the rod up and come tight. Or if you missed the fish or it wasn't a fish, you go throw it back in there anyway. You might as well do it right away. Stop reaching above your dominant hand to strip in a fish. Don't fight the fish with the rod tip upside down or below horizontal. Practice presentation on the water. That is, that's five. So if you enjoy this podcast, appreciate you listening. And uh let your friends and family, your fishing partners, whoever it is that uh, likes fishing, let them know. And if you can, go ahead and uh, share this with somebody. That'd be great. If you uh, want to support us, go to southeasternfly.com. Click on the store. And uh, we've got a bunch of hats, T-shirts, and and uh, a couple things for, for dogs on there as well. So if, you, uh, if you're so inclined and want to help us out and help keep this thing going, that'd be great. Lots of folks have already started ordering stuff and I, we appreciate that a bunch that's that's been really good uh to keep keep the bills up for this thing so you just listened to uh five tips to uh, become a better fly angler and uh we appreciate you listening see you next time on southeastern fly